Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Life call his wife in. 402 to be more specific. How are you, McMonagle? Here with you. Two hours down, one left to go. Five o'clock in the warm up show. I just saw Lepresti out there. Lepresti doing his favorite thing, talking about sound. That's Lepresti's favorite thing, talking about cuts, laughing about what this one said. He's known throughout the land for being someone who loves all the funny bits and funny sound bites. He has a folder in his, his files. Known just for it. He's the guy you go to. When you want to hear something funny out in the newsroom, there's only one man to call, Chris Lepresti. He is the arbiter of funny. Although, I don't find him particularly funny. No, I shouldn't say that. I'm just saying he's, you know, he's he's not like Flegelman over there. It was hilarious. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. Opened it up with the Knicks after a big win. That's right, 116-100. After a sloppy start, the Knicks turned it on in the second half. And this new-look Nick team taking on the world. Sure, it's the Bulls. Who cares? They were 10-6 and six. They were ten and six over the last 16 without Levine. They're playing better without Levine. And the first game was against the best team in the West. So I'm not getting bogged down by the nonsense. I'm trying not to do it. You should too. Let's enjoy this Nick team. And that's, let's not focus on the idea that they're a superstar away from being as good as the Bucks or the Celtics. Let's not focus on the idea they still need to do more. Let's enjoy this style of play that has instantly happened since they, took the, since they made this trade. And let's enjoy what Randall is too without focusing on the idea that he hasn't been good in the playoffs and you fear what his ceiling is and you worry about what this team will do come postseason time, and will it be what it was last year, Brunson all by himself again as Randall, whether it's because of ankle injury or just overall ineptitude, can he be the guy we've seen over these last few games? Because that's a dominant basketball player and one that this fan base typically would love. His ability to get to the basket, the his fast pace attacking the rim, getting to the foul line, hitting his foul shots, hitting three-pointers, I mean, he just did everything in this game last night. And we've seen what the trade for uh, OG Ananobi has done here. It's just been a couple of games where it was just fun to watch the Knicks. And I want to enjoy the fun and not focus on some of the things. They still need to go out there and and make a trade if they want to be an NBA champion. We understand that. And hopefully that's still plausible. And hopefully someone will make that decision to want to be a Nick and ask out of their current situation to be a Nick. But right now, I'm enjoying the style of basketball we saw. 877-337-6666. Obviously still talking a little bit of baseball, too, as we're hoping that this offseason gets reignited and really this pitching market because it's pretty much Bellinger offensively. I mean, he's the one big piece left to fall uh, as far as offense, and we just talked about it. Uh, I do not think he's a fit for the Yankees or the Mets, and I understand the Mets not doing that one. But there is just, I, I, I know I continue to say it, but it continues to need to be said. I, I am baffled, baffled by the amount of Met fans, good Met fans, people I respect, 
People like Salicata, who I know knows his baseball. At least he better. He hosts a show about it every day on SMY. No, but I, I think Sal's a very smart baseball guy, a very good baseball man, and I can't believe that everyone's just okay with doing nothing. And not only just okay, it's smart, and it's what the Mets should be doing. How in the world is nothing what the Mets should be doing? I understand they tried for Yamamoto, and I'll put away my my foolish notions that they didn't do everything they could. All right? I'll sit on that argument. Nobody seems to agree with me. Whatever. I think they could have done more. They needed to do more. They knew they needed to do more. They knew they needed a big-time offer. Being in the same ballpark as Los Angeles wasn't going to cut it, and they knew it. Why fly, why fly all the way to Japan? Why host them at your house if you weren't going to blow them out of the water with an offer and make them turn down money? That's what everyone told me was going to have to happen, and then they moved the goalposts with, wait, it was just as much. He wanted to be a Dodger. But that's fine. Let's forget that for a second. All right, they were willing to spend money on Yamamoto. This rotation is in shambles. And I understand not trading for Juan Soto. You're trying to build assets. I understand. I understand not being in the market for some of these rental pitchers. Trading is not what the Mets should be doing right now. They just spent money to bring in more assets with different trades last year with Verlander and Scherzer, and that was great. Those were great moves. As much as I might have hung off uh, doing the Scherzer, uh, the Verlander one, because I needed pitchers in this rotation, I still can't argue with the idea that he threw money to get better prospects and took away the best prospect from Houston for Verlander and obviously Acuna's brother from Texas for Scherzer. I mean, I applaud those moves. And I'm not in any way telling you I think that um, Steve Cohen's a, a bust or doesn't want to spend his money or is, you know, too frugal. But my point is, is when he doesn't spend money, he gets lauded for being smart. It's the biggest double standard in this city. Steve Cohen has the benefit of the biggest double standard in this city. When he spends money, aha, this feels so good. The warm embrace of Uncle Steve Cohen. King Cohen and his beautiful money. Oh, the will. This is this is this this is exactly why it's different than the Will Ponds, and this is exactly why we needed this so bad. I love Steve Cohen. Look at him, look at him go. And then when he doesn't spend money, he's smart. You think he became a billionaire being stupid, throwing around bad money? He knows what he's doing. Well, I ask you, what is he doing? Because I see a team that has some pieces that I like that aren't getting any younger and a season that I expect to compete and a a rotation that doesn't afford me that luxury. And while I might like some of the lesser moves they've done, those are lesser moves. Severino's a a good option as a throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks. And people complaining about the money they gave him, nonsense. I'm fine with overpaying for high-ceiling guys. It's a low-risk, high-reward kind of thing. Great. Oh, you can't give Giolito $20 million. That's crazy. Why? Why? What if Giolito sucks for the Mets? So what? He loses $20 million? Like, I just, I don't I don't understand how spending the money on some of these pitchers hinders their ability to, to farm a team moving forward. And whatever you want to say, about his ownership and how good it's been and how different it's been and how much better you feel about it than you did with the Will Ponds, all fair. 
one of the things I thought was over, really, and I've said this before, there are two things that I thought were over if I was a Met fan the second Steve Cohen became the owner of my team. One, the fear of losing my best players to free agency, and right now it seems like at least it's a talking point whether they uh, go out and sign uh, Pete Alonso, which they absolutely should and should do tomorrow. I don't know why it's not already done. But it's a talking point whether or not he's going to get traded, whether or not he'll be a Met for his career. That should not be an issue with Steve Cohen as your owner. And the other one is you don't punt on seasons. And if you want to call it a pooch kick, fine. But it's it's it ain't going for it on fourth down. I, I just I don't understand the thought process. Fine. Don't go trade for Juan Soto. Don't give up assets for Burns or Bieber. I get all of that. You can't overpay for Lucas Giolito to see if he resorts back to his ace kind of ways a couple of years ago at Chicago. You can't take a chance. You can't throw money at Montgomery. Why is Montgomery, who's a still a young pitcher who's just come into his own, why is why is he some sort somehow not on the timeline for the New York Mets to compete? And listen, they still might sign him, and I hope they do. They need to do something. I and I and more so, I can't understand the fan base's reaction to it. 877-337-6666. Cisco in the Bronx. What's up, Cisco? What's going on, C Mac? What's up, buddy? How are you? Listen, happy new year. I haven't spoken to you in a while. We changed my schedule and uh we just happy to be able to talk to you again. Oh well I'm happy you made the phone call, Cisco. How are we doing? <laughs> I'm all right. So listen. This Yamamoto thing, it really it reminds me of the, the Cano contract when Cano was offered pretty much the same contract just for less years and Cano chose to go to Seattle. When with uh, Yamamoto, that $25 million, he could have made here an endorsement in a eye blink. So to me, that tells me that that um, guy was just not ready to go. He just didn't want to come to New York. Well, here, here's the thing. One, I, I, the world's a small place. You're telling me in L.A. he can't make the same money of endorsements? You think he's $25 million richer with endorsements endorsements in New York as opposed to L.A.? He didn't go to well, Minnesota. No, I understand he that. Didn't go, he didn't go. He, he's not playing for Fresno. I mean, I he's, he, went, he went to the Dodgers. Ways. No, I, I understand the Yankees are in their winning ways, but we're the New York Yankees, man. Like, you're going to tell me, I mean, why, why did my Chewy and all those guys come here? You know, you understand what I'm saying? No, I, I do understand what you're saying. I'm just saying the the world might be a different place now than it is then. And I don't think I, I think New York has many different draws, including the uh the ability to make money, but he's got that in LA too. He's got that with the Dodgers as well. Um I don't think that's that much of a determining factor, more of the prestige, the winning, the wanting to be not be in the shadow of Otani. But I understand your point. He he offered more money per, and he was given an earlier opt-out yeah. where he could hit free agency earlier, and assuming if he believed in himself, he had, say he has three, four good years, making more money in those first three or four years, then he opts out, hits free agency again, and gets an even lo- longer-term contract. I get it. They offered it. the best deal. Well, they I mean, the they, they offered the less, the least money, and no, they offered less money. That, they the, offered less money. That's most, just most per year, though. I understand that, but it's the, it's still less money. It's less overall money. One was three hundred million, the other was three twenty five. I get your point, but what if he is? What if he is not? What if he is a bust? What if he's not good? He makes twenty five million dollars more with the exactly. Dodgers. 
Well, I'm just saying, like, this could be Kay Gawa all over again. It could be. And I'm not the biggest... I'm not the biggest uh, casting supporter, you know that. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually, I, I commend them for like setting a line. This is crazy. Even three hundred million was a guy. I mean, this guy. Yeah, I, 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 once you go three hundred, why not go three twenty-five just to make sure? That I, that's how I felt with the Yankees. I was mad at both teams for not for not going out. I thought the Mets, the Mets, you knew he had to. He, it was going to be the Yankees if he wanted to come to New York, right? Most likely. Everyone said he's got to turn down Met money. He's gonna if he's gonna sign somewhere else, he's turning down Steve Cohen money. He didn't have to turn down a dollar. Now we're moving the goalposts. Well, it was the highest offer, and then he took it to the Dodgers, and the Dodgers said yes, and he just never gave him a chance. What do you expect him to do? I expect him to understand the market, understand the Dodgers, and make a huge offer if he wanted him. And you're right, he might be Kay Gal, he might be it might be a terrible contract the Dodgers just signed. Who knows? I'm not killing the Mets for not getting them. I'm killing the Mets for acting like they desperately wanted him, like he was the only thing they were willing to do in this entire offseason and not doing what they needed to do to get him. Like if they chose not to get him, that's fine. If they never win it, I'd be I'd have a tough time understanding it. But you knew what they had to do and they didn't do it. And the Yankees, same thing. If it if that's the deal he wanted and he wanted three twenty five and it's a million dollars more than Cole. You give it to him. You know, if you're willing to go 300, I'm willing to go 325. Uh, why stop there? I understand at, at some point it's a slippery slope in my comment because ultimately if the Dodgers then go 350, you have to go there and then 375. Uh, obviously somewhere there's a line. 325 from 300 wasn't the line. And if some imaginary line was put in because you can't give him a dollar more than Garrett Cole, I think that's absolutely asinine. I think it's ridiculous, and I and I find it hard to believe, and I'd be disappointed in Cole if he's the kind of player who doesn't want to win at the expense of being the highest-paid pitcher on the team. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. We know next year Juan Soto's going to make more money than Judge. We know it. Judge is the captain of the team. If Judge has an issue with it, he shouldn't be captain of the team. It's about winning. They got paid. They signed a contract they were comfortable with. At the time, it was the most amount of money. Free agencies get more and more every year. That's how it works. And I understand this guy's never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball. That's what his value was because that's what someone was willing to pay him. So I find it very hard to believe that the Yankees cared about how much money Garrett Cole makes. But I would have went to $25 million more. I, I'm, I don't know why you stop at $25 million. Adam and Roslin, what's up, Adam? Hey, T-Mac. What's uh, up, buddy? I wanted to follow up on some of the Mets commentary. Yes. So, on the Steve Cohen thing, my, uh, my thought process is a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit less of the uh, LeBron super team, get Steve Cohen, spend money on everybody, and hope to win. Mm-hmm. Because that just doesn't feel like that's kind of the, that's the Yankees evil empire kind of, you know, theme that I've really never really embraced. Okay. Um, so when I, when I think about Steve Cohen and I think about kind of where we are, and I hear you, we're kind of coming into the season with a tough setup from a pitching perspective, but the epic failure here goes back to um, two years ago, I think, and, and really everything that Epler did on the pitching front from a bullpen perspective and kind of letting the bullpen unravel and beyond Diaz. I mean, Diaz happened, but, but beyond Diaz, they were, they were coming into last year very thin. Um, and then the and the Scherzer situation was just a disaster. I, I think I, I agree that he had to had no choice 
but uh, but but, but they got well, they got out of the Scherzer contract, and theoretically, it got you prospects uh, you would have never been able to get otherwise. What, so what, what, why what, what's the problem? You're past it. Well, well, we're not past it. Why not? We're sitting here with, because we're, because we signed one two year contracts with forty year olds, gave them forty million dollars a year that we're still paying whatever twenty thirty million. But that's a year. what Steve Cohen can do. That money doesn't affect him. But, why? Why? But, but why is that? Ha- why is that hampering them? Well, the, the point is that I don't want to root for a team that every year goes out, outspends everybody else by two hundred million dollars, and then I'm I'm sitting here rooting for the 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 a bunch of mercenaries. Yeah, it, but this not, isn't. Yeah, but the, I understand that. But what are you going to do? You'd rather root for a losing team? They don't have a no, rotation my- right now. And you're po- and listen, I, I pretend, close your yeah. eyes and pretend that money was spent on Acuna. Pretend Acuna's making that money instead of Scherzer. He went out and bought prospects. He found a unique way to buy prospects. Bravo. Bravo. Who cares about what that money still being spent? That's why he's a billionaire. That's why he has it. I get it. You can't go have an all-star at every position. I get it. No one's saying go trade for Juan Soto. But I'm sure everyone's going to tell me to go buy him next year, right? Renting, renting the Bronx, buying Queens, it's Evan's motto. Every, the same people are going to tell me they don't want to do this. They're going to tell me, oh, you, you can give 500 to Juan Soto. Like, I just, the rotation is a disaster at the moment. It's a disaster. You have to bring in someone to fortify that rotation. You have to give this team a chance to win. You have to. You're competing against the Braves and the Phillies. You have to give yourself a chance to make the playoffs. And I'm not saying go out there and spend every dollar you can to be a favorite necessarily every single year. There are times when there's it makes sense to spend more money or less money. The ro- If the rotation had, if they never made the Verlander trade, I'd feel differently right now. If they had Verlander in the rotation and Sanga and Verlander the top two of the rotation, okay. That's a, that's a pretty good top two. And you can live with the rest of it, maybe get another... You know, guy who's an innings eater and and maybe has a high ceiling. I'm okay with it. They don't have anybody. They don't have that. Quintana was nice when he came back from his injury and was and pitched fairly well. But you can't count him as a two. Like you just can't. Not if you really want to compete in that division. So I'm I'm not. You're talking about mercenaries and the the evil empire and this. Just give yourself a chance to have a rotation. You, know, you think you're the evil empire if you go by Montgomery? Like, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. You're building the farm system. Yes, the Scherzer deal didn't work out. You got prospects for it. That's where the money went. Fine. Like, this is what you do when you're Steve Cohen. You eat the money. Or you find creative ways to have it actually work for you and buy prospects you otherwise couldn't have had. Like he's done everything right up until this point, or at least not, I shouldn't say everything right, but he's done what I've expected on some level up until this point. And now he's going to go into this offseason and not give this rotation a chance to compete? I, I, why? Why? I'm not saying, oh, you got to go get Bellinger. Oh, you should have given Otani $800 million. Oh, you should have done this. Oh, you should have done that. If they wanted Yamamoto, then they should have tried harder to get him. That, that I agree with. 
I should have. They should have made a phone call to Otani. I don't know why they sat it out. If you're not in the market for the best players available, why, then why are you Steve Cohen? You want to be the Milwaukee Brewers and have a fun little upstart team and have a chance? Great. Go be the Milwaukee Brewers. Go bring in Stearns and be the Milwaukee Brewers and have a team that makes it a little bit easier to lay your head at night. Like, What are we talking about? What in the world are we talking about? This is New York City, and this is the richest owner in baseball, and you guys are all happy because, hey, I don't want to be that. What do you mean you don't want to be that? You didn't like the way the Wilpons did it when they pretty much did their best to build an average team, and then if it worked out, they'd make trade at the deadline. That was the Wilpon plan. The Wilpon plan was to give themselves a shot if everything went well to be a team that could contend to the All-Star break and then probably be willing to add a little bit of money through the trade deadline and see if you could make a run at it. Great. If that's what you'd like to go back to, I can't understand your thought process. When you bring in the richest owner in baseball, yeah, you expect to go spend money and stop acting like you had like it's some moral uh it's a moral decision here that you want to be able to sleep better at night by having a team where you didn't spend all the money. What are you nuts? You think the Dodger fans going right now, man, I wish all these players, I don't know what to do. This is ridiculous. How the hell in the world do they expect me to be a fan of this Dodger team? We got Mookie Betts. We got Freddie Freeman. They just went out and got the greatest player who ever lived in Otani and gave him $700 million. $700 million. How do I show my face at school and work? $700 million. And then on top of it, Yamamoto, a billion dollars this offseason. I'm embarrassed to walk down the street. I can't wait to leave in the sixth inning to avoid traffic. I don't... Uh, <laughs> Can't they just give me a nice little team of players I can root for? I mean, come on. IKF was available. Go get IKF. I need someone just to get behind. It's an embarrassment of riches. I I can't be a Dodger fan anymore. You think that's what they're saying? Stop. Please. Please, for your sake, for my sake, for everyone's sake. Stop. There's no reason he can't go out and sign a couple of starting pitchers. It doesn't still build the farm system. I get it. And you know what? If the if you sign a starting pitcher to a contract that doesn't work out, trade him for more prospects. Continue the circle. I, I don't care. I love the idea of trading guys for prospects and eating money. It's a great idea. But you can't go into this season with this rotation and tell me you expect to compete in that division, and then if not, that's okay? Because, hey, in two or three years, maybe these prospects hit and we'll be better off for it? Uh, I don't get it at all. I have no idea what the Mets are doing. None. The Yankees might whiff. The Yankees might strike out. At least the Yankees, at least I know what they're trying to do. At least they're a little bit all in this year. The Mets are just content with being average at best. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. Little hot stove baseball. Not just Yankee hot stove. Baseball hot stove. And I'm fighting for you, Mets fans. You think I'm knocking your team. I'm not. I mean, I'm knocking your owner, but I'm I'm fighting for you. I want you to be happy. 
I want you to be happy. And if it makes you happier to run a uh, mid-market team with Stearns, God bless you. I hope you're happy. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. McMonagle here with you. And I feel vindicated in one area. Yesterday on, on the show, I told you that I went to my son's basketball practice. Well, my son's basketball game. Same thing, he's six, practice game. Um, and so I went to the game, and we got there a little bit early because he was clamoring to go. He's, 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 he's got like a, a weird FOMO thing right now where he's af- afraid of missing out, but it's also just like every time we have to go somewhere – uh, an hour before we have to go, he's asking me if we're late. And I'm like, no, we're not late. Re- I'll relax. We're going to get there. So he wants to get there early. So we get there early, and I'm sitting in the gym. And then as the people trickle in, I'm not kidding when I tell you that every person who walked into that gym had one of the, the Stanley tumblers, these new big, the big ones, the big Stanley tumblers with the big handle and the big straw sticking up. And when I mean everyone, I mean everyone. The kid, the parents walked in with one in their hands and one for the kids. Every kid's water bottle was a stand. Like, these things were everywhere. Every different color. I've never seen anything like it. Everyone walked in. It's like everyone got one for Christmas. I've never seen anything like it. Everywhere I've gone. Then I walk in here last night. I'm pretty sure Amy Lawrence was having one, uh, was using one. I know for a fact that Keith was. He says he's had it for a couple of years. I think he got one for Christmas and heard me and didn't want to admit it. That's what I think. But everyone had one. And so they put out a story today. Uh, the, the Post had a story that they think the trend is coming down. But according to Amazon, the insulated 40-ounce Stanley Quencher Tumbler was the site's biggest searched product for the holiday season. So it's not just my small corner of the world. Amazon for Christmas, the number one, number one searched item. Not a, not an Apple Watch or I don't know, whatever else. You can buy a million things on that. Not even just, you know, a ham or a turkey. I don't know. Nothing. Nothing else. Not Tickle Me Elmo. Not anything WWE, which is most searched in my house. I go on I go on my Amazon account sometimes and I'll open it up and there are 40 wrestlers in my in my basket. Just endless. He went in there somehow and put all those wrestlers in my basket. Thankfully he doesn't buy them. He just puts them in my in my in in the in the basket thinking I'm gonna buy them, and I'm not. But that was the number one searched item on Amazon this holiday. The 40-ounce Stanley Quencher Tumbler. And I'm, I'm not kidding. I've never seen anything like it. They all walked in one by one. I felt like I was in, like, the Stepford Wives or, like, where everyone was, like, programmed to the same thing. It was crazy. It's crazy. So I feel a little bit vindicated that it's not just me. The number one searched item on Amazon. I, you all needed to know that. I just... Uh, sorry. Sometimes I do... I just... Take your medicine. You needed to learn that that was the number one searched item on on Amazon. You had that was information I had to give you, 
and you are better off for it. Jim in Jersey Shore. What's up, Jim? Uh, Chris. Yes, sir. I'm glad you vindicated on something because <laughs> because your sports because your sports predictions the last month or two just haven't gone your way. Listen, what what besides I Yamamoto? You, what else? I said they were going to get Juan I Soto. Told, I got that one. I told you three days before we got Soto yeah. that the Yankees weren't going to spend a dime, and I have been right. So besides they, they're going to spend thirty three million dollars on Soto. No, they're not. Are you, oh, yeah, well, I mean, you know he, he, that, that's fine. he's no, going to no, get a contract. He's, he's not playing for free this year. That, that's fine. But you know what they're also going to do with Soto? What's that? Because they're not going to win anything this year, oh, as sure. they are. Okay. They're not. I'm going to ask you since before you were born. So, well, please, so that, that means want, you have a I better grasp on this year's team and winning. No, no, I, understand. I want them to. I want them to win. But you sit here talking about the Mets pitching. Yeah. The Yankees, the Yankees pitching is just as bad. No, it's not. Sure it is. No, it's not. Sure it is because 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 Rodon. Who who knows what Rodon is? Yeah, I, I I understand he's who not, knows Rodon is. Rodon was considered a top five pitcher in baseball going into the year last year. Like he he made one hundred and fifty million dollars. He might be terrible, but he's you, maybe by you he was a top five. pitcher. No, by everyone by, in baseball. By, by, by me. By MLB. Know, by MLB uh, Network. By people. Listen, Chris, stop it. Carlos Rodon is not a kid. One good year. One yeah, two good years. And I'm, t- I'm, d- I'm just, year. I will find one it for you. Year. MLB Network put out a list at the uh, beginning of the year. He was the third Listen, best pitcher in baseball. First of all, right now, the Met pitching is basically just as good as the eight. No, I, I completely disagree. Sure it is. Nesta Cortez. Because one, they have the one, they have the one, they have the Cy Young pitcher, and and listen, I'm not telling you the Yankees can't go get it, you know, shouldn't go get a pitcher. They should. But But they have they have uh, Kodai Sanga, who you want to talk about one good year? Kodai Sanga literally pitched one year. Sanga Quintana, and uh, you know the guy they uh, what's his name they traded for in from Milwaukee, who's been. His, his his claim Hauser has claimed the fame is vomiting on the mound like and you're to, and we're talking about Nestor Cortez who's given them two solid series, seasons whatever you think and to be fair you're right he had a miserable year last year he won four games the, the two seasons prior he was an all star we had one good season he had two good seasons two good seasons one. two good seasons one two one. good seasons one. Two look good seasons. Up. All right, I'll look, look it up. up. You're supposed to be a sports guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right, what was look he for the up. Yankees the year before that? He wasn't good the year before that when he pitched for he the was Yankees? He great. He had one good year. No, okay, the year before look, his great look, year. And let's just go forward. They're not spending any more money this year. They're not spending any money until Carlo comes off the books. I mean, we'll see. They they need a pitcher. If they no, don't, no, I'll be mad. See. We've already seen. I already why, why, why? What other pitchers are gone? They're not spending money. First of all, He'll never bring back Montgomery because he's because he because everyone knows he's an ass clown and and he's okay, not going to bring back guy and admit his mistake. Mm-hmm. Right. So number two. All right. So again, just in twenty up. in twenty twenty one in uh, twenty two games, he had a two point nine ERA. So he had a two point nine ERA in twenty one. He had a two point four four in twenty two. Uh, Nesta Cortez is a solid pitcher as long as he's healthy. I feel pretty good about it. But we'll see if they spend money. I agree with you. They need to. And right now, I'm concerned they won't, but the guys haven't come off the market yet. But also, around the diamond, third base is is a LeMay who, you know. What do you want, an all-star at every position? And you're talking about Arizona? Arizona's got five great pitchers. They have a decent pitcher. They don't have five great pitchers. 
They have a decent they have a decent rotation. They have their lineup. I mean, come on. Stop telling the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Arizona Diamondbacks are, are – the Yankees are not as good as the Arizona Diamondbacks. No. Oh, you're nuts. You're completely nuts. They have five great pitchers. You're nuts. They, have, they, have, they just signed as Juan Rodriguez, who's better than both you, the guy, Yankees guys you just said. They just – they got Zach Gallon. They got Merrill Kelly. Yeah. They got, I mean, it's the World Series. Yeah, I know they were in the World Series, and, and that's the whole point of the crapshoot. That's proof of a crapshoot. The Arizona Diamondbacks might lose, uh, you know, might be a 500 team this year. Would it surprise anyone if they're a 500 team this year? If they win 77 games, would that surprise anyone in that division? I mean, come on. The Diamondbacks do have a decent rotation. I mean, their lineup. I mean, come on. They have the young. They have, they have some decent young hitters that that played well in the postseason. They're not better than the Phillies. They're not better than the Dodgers. They won those series. And the Yankees' rotation, absolutely right now, with Cortez and and uh, Rodon is is and Clark Schmidt, who who pitched last year, is far better than the Met rotation currently. Far better. Still not good enough. I agree with you. They need to go spend money and go get another pitcher. I'm hoping personally for a trade for for uh, for uh, Corbin Burns or Bieber. But I agree with you. If they don't spend money, I'll be disappointed in them. If they don't go out and add another pitch to this rotation, I'll be disappointed considering what they did with Juan Soto. And don't try and minimize it. And don't try and say they did nothing and you're right. They went out and got Juan Soto and Verdugo. They changed their lineup. He's a Hall of Fame caliber player. He's one of the best players in baseball. They arguably have the best one-two punch in all of baseball with him and Judge. And he's going to make $30 million this year. And we'll see if they sign him next year. I think they will, but maybe they won't. You're right. We'll see. But don't act like they haven't spent money or they haven't done anything. Right now they've done, besides the Dodgers, who's done more in this offseason? The Yankees' rotation needs another pitcher. It's still better than the Mets. The Mets don't have the Mets' rotation is awful. The Yankees' rotation is just not good enough. John and Freehold, what's up, John? Hey, good morning, Chris. How are you today? Good. How are you, Chris? I think we need to move off this conversation that the Knicks need a superstar. Um, and the guy yeah. that's most mentioned is Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And Donovan Mitchell is an undersized guard who doesn't play defense. He didn't win in Utah. He hasn't won in Cleveland. Fair. We saw him up close and personal last uh, playoff run last year, and the mm-hmm. Knicks ran, ran them out of the gym, made them look silly. Yeah, moved, I, 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 I think it was more that you know the, their bigs that were, were good for them all year were soft in that series. But I agree with you. He had a collapse in Utah. Uh, he didn't win in Cleveland. Uh, his, you know, I, I, I do think he's a premier talent and a premier scorer and better than you're, you're making it sound. And that's all he is, Chris. He's, He's an isolation offensive player. Mm. Play, it'll be Carmelo Anthony all over mm. again. That would be the biggest mistake the Knicks can make. The wise thing to do is make a move sooner rather than later, and Javante Murray is the guy to get from Atlanta. The yeah. guy's a tremendous guard. He plays big-time defense. You're going to have to deal with Maxi, Damian Lillard, and Brown in the playoffs. Right. And if you've got him defending those guys at the two, and you've got OG defending Tatum and, and – and, um, and all the other people you got to right. beat, and all these other people you got to face in the East. That's the better way to go. Getting a well-rounded guard that's long and strong. He's got tremendous size. He's a tremendous defender. He hits the three. 
He drives to the basket. Jalen Brunson, I'm worried about Chris right now. The guy's getting worn down. He's getting beat up and, and, and yeah. batted around. Yeah. He needs help. He needs he needs somebody on, on his side in the backcourt. That would give the Knicks one of the best backcourts in the entire NBA with Brunson at the yeah, point and I, Murray at the two. Yeah, I mean, I think that and, I agree with you. That's a good move. And you still have assets left over, Chris, to go get somebody else. And you have with, with that move alone, you've got three proven all stars. You've got Randall, you've got Brunson, and you've got Murray. Right. And you still got move. You still got room to move to get somebody else because you're still going to have more draft picks. Those not only the, the bushel loaded first round picks they've got, but they've got a bushel of second round picks. Yeah, second they've round. Got, no one cares they've, about they've second round. They've got Grimes. They've got they've got Grimes. They've got the expiring contract of Fournier. They've got some uh, ammunition here to go I think get they two do. guys. I agree. I, uh, I'd rather I, get two guys instead of one right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I think you'd be surprised. I don't I don't think you're alone in your uh, praise of Murray. I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I think Chris. I think he might. He's but tremendous. I'm saying I think he might get. I think I agree with you, and I think he might get more than you think he would. Like, you might have to give up a lot of those picks. I don't know if you have. I don't know if you have enough assets to get two players of of his elk. Like you, you'd have to get a lesser player once you trade for Murray. Like I don't know how many assets you think they have to get like these multiple good players, great players like him. Uh, yeah, he's not on the, you know, he's not talked about the way Mitchell was talked about, or you know, Embiid earlier in the season. Like those are MVP caliber, and and well, Mitchell isn't an MVP caliber player, but you know, a a solid scorer and someone who you know can take over a game. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for someone who can take over a game, right? In the simplest terms. And, you know, Brunson has shown that ability on some level. And even Randall has shown it on some level. And my point of the whole show today, the open of the show was, is I agree with you that I don't want to focus on that. I don't know what player is going to be available. I don't know if it's possible to make this trade. And I think we get bogged down in the idea of, well, it doesn't really matter because it's not good enough to win a championship. Or is it, does it really matter? They need to go out and get this guy. Oh, this trade wasn't good enough because it isn't a superstar. When really quite immediately, OG immediately helped this team. And we've seen certainly the game against Minnesota, uh, against uh, the Timberwolves. And now this game against Chicago, it's made an immediate impact. He's able to have an impact on the game without really scoring. He's offensively much more efficient than Barrett was. And already... Like I, I, I think you could make a case they'll miss quickly, and his uh, ability to score off the bench and be that instant energy, instant a- offense kind of guy. I don't think they're going to miss Randall at all already. I mean, uh, R.J. Barrett already. You could see they're not going to miss him at all. And with the way Hartenstein played, you know, twenty rebounds, five blocks, um, his ability to pass as well, and and be of a little bit of a facilitator as well as you know an offensive rebounder on the offensive boards, like. Right now, I've loved the way they've played. And I think whenever you make a move, and especially here in the city, like, but you bring in a new guy, it takes some time typically. And the idea that this, even if he's only scored 11 points in the game last night and 17 the night before uh, and hasn't really got off his offensive game yet, which hopefully will come, but the impact has been immediate. It's not, we're not having the conversation right now of it's going to, oh, it takes time for the team to gel. It'll take time for these adjustments to, you know, take hold. Immediately, they look like a better run team. Immediately. And for me, that's promising. 
And so I don't want to get bogged down in what Stephen A. Smith is getting bogged down in and what maybe some other fans got bogged down in when the trade was first made. I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm guilty of it myself many times, especially, obviously, with the NBA. It's all about getting the superstars. It's all about being good enough to compete. It's all about being someone. Can they beat the Celtics? Can they beat the Bucks? That's the immediate question anytime a move is made. Well, right now, I don't know if they can beat the Celtics. I don't know if they can beat the Bucks. I don't know if we can trust this Julius Randle. I don't know. But what I do know is they played their best basketball, it seems like, and, and they're most fun to watch, and uh, a, a brand of basketball that I do think gives them a better chance. And certainly if they were to add that extra player, I think this team is just suited far better right now to compete. And I'm loving what I'm seeing. And I'm not going to get bogged down in the idea of what it's not. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. McMonagall here with you on this Thursday morning. I'll be back tomorrow at midnight for a five-hour Friday midnight ride of the last, you know, regular season football Friday of the year. I mean, nobody's playing. We'll go through it tomorrow. No, I mean, everyone's uh, taking a breather. The one game I'm really interested in is the, uh, obviously, Miami-Buffalo game. That's the game I'm focused on. And we'll talk about more about these two teams in the games, and you know where I stand, whether right or wrong, whatever you may think. I don't, I, and I would disagree with Evan too. And we'll, I'll get into it more tomorrow. But like, even for the Jets, like right now, I know, you know, why not hurt New England's chance of getting a quarterback? You know, they need a quarterback, right? But I understand. I that's. It's tough to continue to lose to the Patriots. It's the same for the Giants. I mean, they lose to the Eagles almost as much. I know the streak isn't as long, but when the hell's the last time the Giants beat the Eagles in a big spot? It's been forever. But you got to do what's best for your franchise. And the best pick when seasons are dead, it doesn't matter. This game doesn't matter. I, I saw him. I, I saw the the video of him in his new beard, which is now getting long. Now, now it's getting noticeable, Evan. They better sign Alonzo quick. I guess he's having a uh, no cutting hair, no shaving until they uh, extend Pete Alonzo. I doubt he makes it because I think Pete Alonzo's not going to be signed until next year or if ever. But as as hard as it is, as a bitter pill as it is to swallow, as a Giant fan, let me focus on the Giants just for a second. As a Giant fan. Like I hate the Eagles with a passion. They are the obviously the number numero uno enemy. I despise them. I despise them. And a part of me wants to make sure they don't win the division. If 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 the Cowboys were forever to stub their toe and somehow blow this game against Washington, I would like to see them cost the division at the hands of the Giants. But ultimately, I don't think that's going to happen. And for me, it's more important that the Giants make sure they get this top five pick. I need the quarterback, and as hard as it's going to be, and this is by far the biggest test I'll have because I had no problem, none, 
rooting for the Rams. None. It was the easiest. It was the easiest tank job of all time. I was. I. I, I believe it or not. I was. The relief washed over me when Tyrod Taylor threw behind Saquon Barkley for that two point conversion. Relief. Relief. Because the Giants need a quarterback, and I want them to have the best available option. They might have to trade up. I want as few slots to have to move up as possible. I want as limited as options of teams trying to jump in and take a quarterback. And so it's going to be hard come Sunday. It is going to be very difficult. And for the Jets, I really do get it. I can understand why any Jet fan, you need to eventually beat New England. But honestly, honestly. Think about it for a half a second. Does it mean that much to you? Like right now in a dead season. I get it. I get it. It's been, what, 12, 13 games in a row? And you haven't beat this lousy team? But you know what? Belichick may be on his way out. It's going to be a quarterback for both teams that have no impact on the future. The season's dead. I mean, the entire week off has been talking about nonsense, whether it's um, your your future and current face of your franchise talking about Epstein Island and Jimmy Kimmel or what you could have done to help the second overall pick not be the worst quarterback in the league for three years or cutting the epitome of what made you a super team in Dalvin Cook's. Like, just all of it this week, none of it's been about football. None of it's been about this game. None of it's been about anything other than the disaster this franchise has been and the same old Jets. And I understand a lot of that is epitomized by losing to the Patriots. And the dominance, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and now even Mac Jones have had over this franchise. I get it. I do. And so Sunday, it's going to be very difficult to want anything else but to beat the New England Patriots. And ultimately, I'm not sure how much it matters for the Jets, so why not? But I'm just telling you, if it costs you a couple of draft spots, if you're sitting there and all these quarterbacks go off the board and somehow the best left tackle would have been there at 7 or 8 and you're looking at 9-10 because you beat New England and you miss out, on one of these two particularly top-tier offensive tackles. I hope it's worth it. I hope it's worth it. I hope it's worth it. I hope having Bill Belichick's final game as a Patriot head coach lost to the Jets in another meaningless season for the Jets helps you feel better. I hope 13-1 and brings a smile to your face. Because it's about moving forward, and it's about what's best for this team moving forward. Because revenge isn't attained at 6-10. and 10. While you're facing your 13th consecutive playoffless year. It's hard to get revenge. It's hard to feel like you've gotten one over on them. And yeah, you might end some meaningless streak that we talk about, but the next time you play, it'll be... And the New York Giants, New York Jets will take on the New England Patriots. New England's won 13 of the last 14 times they've played. Does that feel that much better? Does that help you?
Does that help you sleep at night? Does that make you feel as comfortable as a Met fan being a mid-market team? Does it? Does it? Because to me, it still seems like the same old Jets. Sure, you win some meaningless game against New England when New England's been the worst it's been in 25 years. Great. Whoop-de-doo. It sucks that our team's put us here. I hate them for this. I hate them for this. I don't like talking like this. I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to have to actually want the Eagles to beat the Giants. I don't want to be this guy. But they give me no choice, these miserable franchises. And they can't even give me Tommy Cutlets on the last game of the year. All right, that's it for me. I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Fliegelman, thank you. Thank you guys for calling. And thank you for listening. Football Friday starts at midnight. Five-hour midnight ride. As I got you to the warm-up show, which comes today in a mere seconds. So everybody have a great rest of your Thursday. I'll catch you tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe. Enjoy your Stanley Tumblers. I know you have one. I know you do. You're sipping on it right now. And yes, you put you put ice in that glass four hours ago, and it's still in there. Amazing. Amazing. And it came in maroon, my favorite color. I'll catch you at midnight. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.